Welcome back to Choosy Money. This is your host, Tara. I know I've been gone a minute, but I'm back now. I'm back for another episode. I took a break just to kind of regroup, you know, enjoy the holidays, slide into the new year. And then I just took a minute. I just I just needed to rest. And now I'm back. So I hope you guys are still hanging in there with me and listening. It is time to celebrate all of the black excellence, all of the black joy, black girl magic, everything, right? So I want to talk today about choosy black money, right? Choosy black money. What does that mean to me, right? To me, choosy black money means that we out here getting this coin. Not just that. You know, we're taking care of ourselves. We're taking care of, you know, uh, giving back to our communities in some form or fashion. doesn't have to be monetarily. It could be with time. It could be with uh, anything, service, uh, money, just however you see fit to give back. I think you have to be choosy about what it is that works best for you and how you can do that. So I want to talk about this study that I came across, right? It was the McKinsey and Company study. And real quick, just real quick, um, it was just recently released or published June 17th of 2021. And I think with Choosy Black Money, we also have to understand where we are as a community, right? Where do we sit in the United States? What does our wealth picture look like? And... It's alarming, actually, to me. Um, It was very alarming, this this statistic that I'm about to read. So in this study, and, uh, you know, this is what what they're reporting, is that 19% of Black American families, which is about 3.5 million households, have a negative, negative net worth. Negative. Below zero. Negative, the minus sign, negative. Um, That's, uh, it's unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable. Why is the black community is such a big disparity when it comes to net worth? Is it because we get less inheritances? Is it because we have been subjected to predatory lending? Is it because when we get our homes appraised, they appraised lower than a white household is it I mean what is it why why with why do 3.5 million households have a negative net worth you know it can't always be well they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing well yeah they may not be but what other systemic systems have been put in place in order to perpetuate what's happening right that's just my my thought you know my opinion my thoughts I don't know but that statistic was very alarming and then it went on to say the study went on to to identify that an additional 4.3 million black households have a net worth of less than ten thousand dollars less than ten thousand dollars so literally that's one accident that may set you back right uh one job loss if you're in a two two family household and you're barely making it or two two job household two income household and you're barely making it you lose a job or both of you lose a job and your net worth is less than ten thousand dollars already that that could be terrible horrible detrimental 
you know, one accident, one, you know, sickness, one, anything, any catastrophe could come along and you could easily be into the negative net worth statistic, right? Statistical category. So I I don't know. I'm, I'm, makes me sad. It really, it really is disheartening. And it makes me sad that, you know, my community is in this particular uh, situation. And yes, there are, you know, white uh, households that have negative worths, but it's not at this alarming rate. I think the the statistic for white households was like 4% or even maybe even been 3%, don't quote me, but it was drastically lower than 19%. You know, it, it was not that high is what I'm trying to say. So I think this is something that definitely has to be looked into, if not by the government, then um, by local uh, state leaders. Um, And something's got to give. I mean, because this is terrible. Wealth in general is leaving our communities at a drastic rate. And I think it's something that we have to start being more choosy about and start being... um, more cautious and cognizant about because the generations to come, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them to dig out of that hole, right? To dig out of that familial hole of what they know of having that negative net worth, living paycheck to paycheck, you know? So me and my sisters all the time talk about um, breaking generational curses and breaking generational this and generational that, but how do we do that? Right? Education. Um, I think, exposure. And I also think, um, just being open with your kids, right? Being open, letting them know, letting them understand, because me and my cousin had a conversation the other day, you know, I was complaining saying, ah, you know, financial literacy should be taught in schools. Like, what do we have to do to get that done nationwide? Not just in black communities, not just in lower poverty neighborhoods, not, you know, what needs to happen? And, you know, it was a big debate. He had his opinions. I had my opinions. But, you know, I definitely think it's something that needs to happen within the family, right? Your family needs to, I think, community. Community needs to come together. Because this is going to balloon into something that's going to be unstoppable, right? So that's my soapbox moment for, for today, What I did want to talk about the majority of the episode was um, I wanted to spotlight a black history uh, figure and someone who I had never heard about um, until I read this book. The book was titled um, Black Fortunes and it was by Shamari Wills. Great read. Um, Very easy read. Wasn't too long. But it talked about the black fortunes um back in the day right back in the 1800s what that looked like how these people you know used what they have and became millionaires like you you know to to have come here been slaves survived slavery because you know it wasn't something they beat they literally survived so to have survived being an enslaved person right and then to turn around and become millionaires is unbelievable. Um, I'm just always amazed at the fortitude of my ancestors and, you know, how they 
are some of the strongest people that I know that I've never met. So who I wanted to talk about today, this lady was amazing in my mind um, after reading this book and reading up on her, doing more research on her, um, but her name was Mary Ellen Pleasant. Some of you may have heard of her, some of you may have not. Um, like I said, I had never heard of her until I read the book, but I just wanted to kind of like spotlight Miss Pleasant and talk about what I think was an amazing feat for the time period that she was in. So she was born in 1814, 1815. Um, different sources say different things, but she was born in Pennsylvania. Um, and at seven years old, she was actually sent to Nantucket to go to school, right? Because even though Pennsylvania was a free state, it was still very much both anti-slavery and anti-integration. Um, so there were private schools that were developed um, that called they were they were called colored schools and parents and sponsors could send their black children to and the parents could buy an education for their, their black children right one of these locations was in Nantucket her father who did business in Nantucket sent her to live with some of his associates right so he was she was supposed to go to Nantucket she, she went to Nantucket. She was supposed to go to school. That actually never happened, right? The people who she went to go stay with were by the name of the Hussies. She was pretty much assigned to, to be watched over by who they call, what was called, the lady was called Grandma Hussy is how they referred to her. And she ran the store, right? Her family store. So what did Mary have to do? Miss Mary had to go to work, honey. Okay. So she started working in this store. Um, and she pretty much, the way I took my takeaway was she pretty much became a hustler, right? She she made herself indispensable. Um, she found these poke berries, which she mashed and strained to make purple ink for Grandma Hussy to sell. She learned to read and write in her spare time. And pretty much while there, I take it she just learned the business, you know? She learned how to um, work with people. Um, listen to how I'm sure how transactions went. She, you know, soaked up all of this information, which I think was dope, right? So I, I want to read a little excerpt of this book because I think this, um, before I go forward with the rest of her story, this will pretty much explain like what type of person she was and her thought process at the time, right? So in the book, and I quote, it says, the hussies were rich and white. And although Pleasant was privileged to have been born free, the color of her skin and her gender still allowed her to be taken advantage of. Thus, she came to better understand the world she lived in. Either she could fight against those who had power or she could work with them and accept the limitations that race and gender imposed upon her. She decided to do both. I mean, and I think that speaks volumes to what type of person she was you know she yeah she was mad about it but she didn't let that get her down and say oh you know what forget it all right f it all i'm just not gonna do nothing no so she could either have either fault those who had the power or she could work with them right you know but she decided to do both okay i'm gonna do both i'm gonna take a little bit of this i'm gonna take a little bit of that and essentially i'm gonna beat them at the game right so Essentially, around 27 years old, she then moved to Boston, where she ended up meeting her first husband, right? <clears throat> James Smith, who was an abolitionist for, at, at the time. And they got married. 
Uh, it was very short-lived because he got sick. He eventually died. And then after he died, she ended up selling off a lot of his estate, properties that he had, um, different things. And she reports say she ended up with about $45,000, right? At the time, it's a lot of money, you know, more money than some of us get in, if any, when a parent or a grandparent dies, right? She ended up remarrying. And around the time, the gold rush took off in San Francisco. So her husband went to San Francisco. And I think to keep up with him, she eventually went out to San Francisco and she became a cook, right? So while she was a cook, she used to eavesdrop on her customers. And they were mostly wealthy people. And with the knowledge that she overheard and that she learned from them just by listening, right? Sometimes we just have to listen and absorb the knowledge, absorb the rooms that we're in, conversations that we're privy to, absorb that knowledge, you know, because you never know when it's going to come in handy. So from that knowledge, she started to invest her money, right? And from her investments and from the profit she made, she ended up buying and reinvesting her money into boarding houses. She bought some laundries, um, different things. She had this money. She would also finance other people, other people in her community who may not have had money to open a business or do different things, whatever it is that they wanted to do. She would go out and finance them, which was amazing at the time, right? So ultimately she ended up linking up with this white business partner who it's reported that they were lovers also, but nevertheless, she linked up with him. His name was Thomas Bell and he helped her acquire more investments under his name, right? Because even though she was in San Francisco, yeah, you know, we think San Francisco, we think West, or at least in my mind, West, North, like New York, and then Midwest, like Chicago, we always think, oh, you know, it's so liberal and free and this, that, and the third, even back in the day, right? But it wasn't. She was still a black woman. You know, she was still a black woman. She still got treated as such. And, you know, they were only going to let her get so far and to do so much and to have so much, right? So when she linked up with this white man, he was able to acquire investments under his name. And that included like restaurants. They bought some dairies and it, which I think is even more amazing. They even invested into the Wells Fargo bank because Wells Fargo was just coming out around that time. And th she was in the midst of all of it. Like her real estate pro portfolio was ridiculous right at the time like reports say that it's estimated that Miss Pleasant had a fortune of over 30 million dollars 30 million which is about 864,000 or excuse me 864 million today so she used that money that she made and her fortune that she had to help slaves um, escape through the Underground Railroad and also to fight racial discrimination. So she never forgot what those situations were like for black people, you know? Even though she had made it, even though she had amassed all this money, she still turned around and gave back. You know, she still wanted her people to get to where she was or just to have a better way of life, you know? And I think that's something that we all have to take a part in, right? We all have to give back in some form or fashion doesn't have to be money. We don't have to help people escape through the Underground Railroad today, but we can help a child who may not have books that's going to college. Or we can help someone, you know, a kid learn to read. Or we can give back to our communities. You know, there's so many ways that we can 
help out and give back. And, you know, I don't know. I, for me, I think financial literacy is really, really big pain point for me because <clears throat> I think a lot of times in our homes, black households anyway, is something that we don't like to talk about. So I don't know. I just, it's been on my mind lately to something has got to give with that. I encourage everybody to be a Mary Ellen Pleasance, right? Use the situations and the moments that we are put in to learn, then to use that knowledge to do something greater than what we're doing. Um, and you don't have to be black if you're listening to this. Anybody, use what you have to put not only yourself in a better situation, but the people around you, your family, your family's family, your friends of your family, whomever, whomever you come in contact with, right? So to get back to Miss Pleasance, unfortunately, her story doesn't end well. Um, Mr. Bell ends up dying. It's rumored that people thought that she killed him. Um, her story, you should really Google her, look her up, or, you know, read a book on her because the, the, the details of the story are very fascinating. But the abridged version is he dies. He, they, say, they say like he falls down a flight of stairs. People think that she killed him. But what, it is, what ends up happening is his widow ends up suing Miss Pleasance, right? Because her, so her, his, the assets were in his name, right? So she sued Mary for her assets, which were registered under her husband's name. And guess what? She's a black woman. You know, and she won. The lady won. You know, Miss Pleasance lost. And, you know, I, I don't want to say race had anything to do with that. I like to think the law is just. But, um, hey, the, the widow sued and she won. So, essentially, that left Miss Pleasance. Um, she lost a lot of money. Um, some reports say she, she was left penniless. But either way you look at it, she wasn't able to pass her wealth down to her family. Um, now, back then, I don't know if, you know, uh, contracts, I'm sure there were contracts, um, but maybe they weren't in order. You know, sometimes we go into things and businesses with people and then we worry about the paperwork later, right? So I think this is a good example to also be choosy with, one, your business partner, and two, to make sure you have your paperwork in order, not just business paperwork. Make sure you have a will, make sure you have insurance, make sure you have all these things in place. So if something was to happen to you, you know, it won't leave you with a negative net worth. It won't leave you with a net worth less than $10,000 to maybe pass down to your children. We don't want to be in the category of, or I, I can only speak for myself, right? I don't want to be in the category of having a negative net worth or a net worth less than $10,000, right? Net worth, what you own minus what you owe. The number, the uh, the ending number of that equation is your net worth, right? So I think we should uh, all take Miss Mary, El Mary Ellen Pleasant and think about her story, you know? Think about her ingenuity. Think about how she survived slavery, how she became a millionaire, and how she gave back, you know, um, I think she's someone to be celebrated. She was an entrepreneur way before, you know, she was an amazing entrepreneur way before her time because she would have been killing it today, right? 
like would have been amazing in my opinion. So I celebrate you, Miss Pleasant. I, I thank you for, you know, the things that you did, how you contributed to the fight against racial discrimination, how you helped more slaves become, you know, escape and just your story, you know, thank you for being you. So like I said, uh, you know, in my mind, I think our ancestors, my ancestors were some of the strongest people. My ancestors before the first generation of ancestors that I remember, right? So my grandmother, I don't remember my great grandmother, but my great grandmother and her great grandmother and her mom and their mom and, you know, all the way back to all the slaves, right? Our, we, we use a blanket term, our ancestors. You know, I think our ancestors to me are some of the most strongest people that I've never met, you know, and I, and I, and it's when I think about what they went through and think about how hard they fought just to get a little bit with what I think I have, which is not a lot, you know, to me, it's a lot, right? To, to each of us, what we have is a lot. It's way more than what they have on any level, right? I think that we have to be very choosy with it because stewards and be very, very choosy with our money. So I I just want to say thank you for tuning in for another episode. Hopefully it was interesting. I thank you guys for listening. Um, I want you guys to be choosy, right? So as always, be safe, be you, and always be choosy with your money. 